The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. The angel Gabriel was sent from God to a town of Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man named Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And coming to her, he said, Hail, full of grace, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at what was said and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of David, his father, and he will rule over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. But Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I have no relations with a man? And the angel said to her in reply, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month for her who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible for God. Mary said, Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. During this serene and blessed season of Advent, which is the season of anticipation for the coming of Christ, the, the atmosphere of the church is more of that sober anticipation, waiting. It's like entering into the desert because it is also a penitential season. So if you recall, when we started Advent two, two weeks ago, the sanctuary was stripped with flowers. It was just the Advent wreath that adorns the sanctuary. And uh, the, the color of the vestment of the priest, including the parapet of the altar, were purple. But today, we pass from that sober environment or atmosphere as we gaze on Mary in her Immaculate Conception, who is actually the Our Lady of Advent. If there is one person who waited in the most personal and uh, intimate way for the coming of Christ, the, in the very first Advent, it was the Blessed Mother who waited in the most intimate and personal way. But just so we know what we celebrate today, and I do this every year, and I know that, if not all of you, but most of you know what we celebrate today is not 
Jesus being conceived in the womb of Mary. Okay? But rather, what we celebrate today, the Immaculate Conception, is Mary being conceived in the womb of her mother, St. Anne. So that is why we celebrate on December 8th. And when is the birthday of Mary? September 8th. We count nine months from, from now. September 8th is when Mary was born. And so it doesn't make sense if we celebrate today the conception of Jesus. December 25th is just in two weeks. <laughs> okay? Jesus did not grow that fast in the womb of Mary. Or, you know, um, or if we say, oh, that's the following year, well, Jesus would have been so long overdue. Okay? So what we celebrate today is the conception of our Blessed Mother in the womb of St. Anne. But what is the Immaculate Conception? It has a very special significance, especially in our nation and also in our local church. The whole Archdiocese of Portland, is the patroness of the whole Archdiocese, is Mary in her Immaculate Conception. That's why the cathedral in Portland is named the Cathedral of the Immaculate Conception of Mary. But also, the whole country, the whole U.S., has been entrusted and consecrated to Mary in her title, Immaculate Conception. That's why the National Church of the U.S., the National Basilica in Washington, D.C., is named the Basilica of the Immaculate Conception. But also, the heart and the center of governance in the country, both of the church and of, and of the government in Washington, D.C., is nestled in that territory called what? Maryland. <laughs> Maryland. We can never escape from the embrace and the protection of our Blessed Mother. The dogma of the Immaculate Conception was introduced to us, though it has always been part of the tradition of the church, beginning from the scriptures, from what we, from what we heard from the first reading to the gospel. But when it comes to its official proclamation, it came to us on December, on December 8, 1854. December 8, 1854. And in that proclamation, Pope Pius defined what the Immaculate Conception is. He said, From the first moment of her conception, the Blessed Virgin Mary was, by the singular grace and privilege of Almighty God, and in view of the merits of Jesus Christ, Savior of mankind, kept free from all stain of original sin. This, this is the, the definite definition of what we celebrate today. And seven years after its official proclamation, seven years after in 1858, this was reaffirmed by Mary herself when she appeared to St. Bernadette of Sabiris. And she said, when Bernadette, when St. Bernadette asked her, who are you? What should I say to people? Well, what should I say to the people? 
and she said, I am the lady of the Immaculate Conception. And this is the image of, of the Our Lady of Immaculate Conception as appeared to St. Bernadette in 1858. How did the Immaculate Conception, how did it come about? The opening prayer today is so instructive for us in our deepening of this great dogma that the church proclaims today. Listen again. If you have your Magnificat, I want you to follow me. You know, I know that some of you have your Magnificat. Follow me in the readings today, in the collect. O God, who by the Immaculate Conception of the Blessed Virgin prepared a worthy dwelling for your Son. So the whole, the whole idea of the Immaculate Conception as what is spelled out to us in the opening prayer is to prepare a worthy dwelling for Jesus. It makes sense, right? If God, if Jesus is all holy, without sin, without any kind of stain, the womb that should carry him must be the same. <laughs> so the Immaculate Conception, as what we heard from the opening prayer today, is to prepare a worthy dwelling for your son. And how did this happen? How did this happen? Listen to the succeeding words from the prayer today. Grant, we pray, that as you preserve her from every stain, how did it happen? By virtue of the death of your son which you first saw. You know, this might escape us because it's like, how can the death of Jesus be the... Re be, be the... be the instrument of the Immaculate Conception of Mary when Jesus was not even born yet, <laughs> right? But what it tells us in here, that the Immaculate Conception of Mary shows us that the salvation or the salvific act that is given to each and every one of us on the cross was given first to Mary before it actually happened on the cross. That's pretty cool, right? I don't know what, you know, about you, but this just escapes me. That's pretty cool. The Christ was not even born yet. Christ was not even crucified yet. But the effects of what's going to happen on the cross has been given to Mary in her conception. <laughs> And if you follow me, if you follow me in the prayer over the gifts, you know, the prayer over the gifts here, here is the prayer over the gifts, which you're going to be hearing at the second part of the Mass today, which spells this out. Graciously accept the saving sacrifice which we offer you, O Lord, on the solemnity of the Immaculate Conception of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And grant that as we profess her, 
on account of your prevenient grace to be untouched by any stain of sin. On account of your prevenient grace. What is prevenient grace? What is prevenient grace? Grace that happens before the event, uh, the grace that is given before the event actually happens. <laughs> Meaning the grace on the cross, which hasn't happened yet when Mary was conceived, was given already to her in her conception. Now, for what? The question is, you know, uh, I have a professor in the seminary who always tells us like, okay, after you explain it to the people and what this theology of, this, of the solemnity is all about, the question is, so what? What is this? What is the reason for this for each and every one of us? Here it is in the last part of the prayer today of the collect. So through her intercession, we too may be cleansed and admitted to your presence. You see, the Immaculate Conception of the Blessed Mother, inasmuch as we honor her conception, in the end, it is all about to remind us that we too have to be cleansed and admitted to the presence of God. Mary was conceived immaculately for the sole purpose of your salvation and my salvation. You know, what does it even tell us? It tells us on how much God wants you in His embrace. It tells you how much God longs to be with you in the end in heaven. If you're not going to be in love with a God like this, I don't know what else can make you fall in love with God. If we can't, if we can't be convinced of God's love for us by, by reflecting on what God had to do in order for us to merit salvation, I, I don't know what else. I don't know what else. You see, the Immaculate Conception of the Blessed Mother is in as much as we are all gathered here to, to honor her Immaculate Conception. In the end, this is about us. About God wanting to tell us, I want you to be with my mother in the end. I don't want my mother to just be enjoying the glory that I have given her. I want you to enjoy the same grace, the same glory, the same promise of eternal life that my mother is enjoying right now. That's what this celebration is all about. This is not, well, it's about Mary, but in the end, it's not about Mary. Why do you think, are you not curious why in the gospel today, the gospel is all about the conception of Jesus, the, the conception of Mary. If the Immaculate Conception is about Mary being conceived in the womb of St. Anne, why is the gospel today the story of the Annunciation, which is Jesus being conceived in the womb of Mary? Because Mary knows that it's not about her. 
that it's about her son. That ultimately, it is about you and I. It is about you and I. The gospel today, too, is one of the most important evidence, evidences, if you can say evidence, for the Immaculate Conception. The greeting to Mary, Hail, full of grace. Kakaritumene. In the Greek language, kakaritumene. Hail, full of grace. In the original of this, which we, we, we've seen, there was no insertion of the name Mary. Just like when we prayed the Hail Mary. Hail Mary, full of grace. But here, we just heard, Hail, full of grace. And what does it tell us? The, the very essence of who Mary is, her name is actually full of grace. Hail, full of grace. The fullness of grace is in her. So that each and every one of us may find also the fullness of grace at the end of our own journey. So we look up to her as our model of what we will going to be in the end. What we celebrate today in her Immaculate Conception is hopefully what we will become at the end of our own journey that when we enter into the Lord's rest, we would also be born immaculately through her intercession and through her example. So, my dear friends, inasmuch as we give thanks to the Lord for our mother who was conceived immaculately, may this celebration further exhort us to truly pattern our lives according to the gospel and not see Mary as someone in the pedestal up there um, unable to be reached, but rather where she is at now is hopefully where we will all gonna be. <laughs> and Mary did not ask for this. By giving her the due respect and honor that we're giving to her right now, we are not putting her in the same parlance or in the same level as God because Mary doesn't want that. There's only one God to adore. But as we give honor to her today, may we also look forward with hope and with that jubilous and joyful anticipation of our ultimate flourishing with her and with all the saints in the heavenly kingdom. Mary, Our Lady of the Immaculate Conception, pray for us.